Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A-Rod 007 Boxing Show. We're going to focus on boxing today. We're going to talk about the greats, the all-time greats. Mahamas, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, he was out there. He was cocky. He was confident. He said he, he liked to talk, liked to talk, and he walked the walk. Uh, he's the number one guy. Then you have Mike Iron Tyson. Mike Tyson with a knockout punch. Uppercut, uppercut. I mean, he was something else. Uh, short in stature, but big in heart. And boy, could he take it. I remember battles with him with Evander Holyfield and just knockout punch over and over. And Mike Tyson is a very interesting character because he got into acting, went into other things. And let me tell you, that guy was strong as an ox. And let's take a look at some of the modern fighters. We had a big fight in England with the champion fighters. Okay, it is not the first time. It is not the second time. It is exciting because it keeps happening. It keeps happening over and over. We have champions of the world fighting. Tyson Fury won. How big is he? 6'10", 7 feet, 6'5", knockout. I'm telling you, how many people are watching? 60 million, 20 million, everyone was glued. Heavyweight champion of the world over and over and is going to be retiring. Will he actually retire, though, or will he pull a time Brady and come back? I mean, when you're a fighter and, you know, the money that's involved in these fights uh, through promotions and advertisements, sponsorship, everything, it's very tempting to come back for one more fight. I give these guys a lot of credit. The training is phenomenal. You know, you watch Rocky Balboa, Marciano, some of the greats of all time. And these guys, you're training for months and months and months, hitting that speed bag, running, jumping jacks, calisthenics, getting hit, and, and just stick and move, stick and move, jab, jab, uppercut, jab, jab. And we had, you know, a really good fight, really exciting. And we look forward to a lot of other fights in the future. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Please reach out to us. Uh, we love you guys. And keep watching boxing. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome back to another edition of the A-Rod 007 Show. Everyone, uh, we had an amazing fight. Awesome. I mean, one of the biggest upsets of the century in my mind. We had Canelo and, uh, you know, Bivolo in here. I mean, super match. I mean, undefeated man, never knocked out. Canelo, the Mexican champ for many years, many bouts. And, you know, just awesome fight. You know, went to distance. Really cool fight. You know, based out in uh, Vegas, pound for pound, the two, two of the best fighters in the world here going at it. Um, both southpaws out in Vegas, well-trained, and, and just amazing stuff. You know, uh, you know my man over here, uh, Raftapol, he predicted the victory. So I'm going to give him uh, credit for that. What was your uh, analysis? Well, um... It wasn't really so much of a shock for me. Um, I, I knew that uh, both fighters were uh, pound-for-pound fighters. Uh, Canelo gets credited as being, you know, 
best pound for pound. But I've seen Dimitri Bivol fight live. I've seen him upstate at um, um, the Turning Stone Resort and Casino, uh, Casino up in Verona, New York. And uh, I saw him fight Joe Smith Jr., who's a beast. And I knew at that point that, that Bivol was a machine. Um, Absolute robot, right? I yeah, mean, methodical. He is a machine. Um, Joe Smith Jr., um, I saw him on television fight Elider Alvarez, who retired uh, Romanian champ Lucian Bute. And uh, you're talking about just a, an, an elite level of boxing right here. All those guys are, are top guys. And I've been a fan of, you know, East European boxers for quite some time. So um, I'm, I'm Romanian myself. So um, that's why Bute was a, a fan of mine. But uh, Bivol is also half Moldovan, half Korean. So he's got some uh, Romanian in him. So, um, you know, I like all my East European fighters. I predicted Usyk to beat Joshua. Um, for all you, you gamblers out there, you know, if you filed a raftable, you, you made five to one odds. And, uh, you know, it, it was an awesome match here. Now, tell me about when did you first get into boxing? What was like, who was your influence and stuff like that? Luchan Bute, Romanian, uh, Romanian champ. But uh, did you watch it super, as a kid growing up? Super Southpaw. They call him Mr. Tom Bay. Uh, there you go. Okay. And uh, he, was, he used to fight out of Quebec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Up so, in Canada, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, fought, I saw him fight at the um, Videotron Center in Quebec City. I saw him fight um, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him fight at the Armory in D.C. as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's who got, who got me. I mean, so, I, 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 I saw Tyson I can... Tyson when I was younger. But, oh, yeah. Mike but, Tyson's but, knockout punch. Yeah, but after the, after the Tyson era, it wasn't until, you know... A few years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, where I started right, watching so boxing again. Bute, as we all know, is the number one Romanian boxer of all time. So he was the guy who really grasped me into the sport, right? Yeah, yeah. He was he was a champ. He had a great record. He was twenty seven and zero at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a devastating loss to Carl Froch uh, out in Froch's hometown in in England. Uh, that was very controversial. A lot of people seem to think that Froch's gloves were loaded, especially since he didn't take him off after the fight. Um, but yeah, you, you, yeah know. You, you know your stuff, man. So, you know, bring us through the process. So you, you're wrapping your, uh, your fists and stuff like that. You know, we got different types of fighting and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So the refs, their hands. the refs are supposed to check the gloves. And apparently there was some discrepancies in how the gloves were wrapped and everything. And, and on top of that, after the fight, uh, it was evident that Froch didn't take off his gloves. Even when he was doing reports, he still had his gloves on. Um, so and there's... So you, you talk about the weight, or what, what can they put in there that... Oh, are you would... kidding me? They can plaster up. They can, they can plaster up their, their wrap or everything, you know. You, you Absolutely. Can, you, you can load it up. You got it, man. I mean, pound for pound. I mean, there's uh, a lot of behind the scenes. You know, we got our analysts over here talking about this. But, you know, I'm telling you, Canelo... Had some devastating uh, uppercuts, you know. I was saying uppercuts, but the Romanian rocket over there. I mean, he was really tactical in here. Through what seven, eight hundred punches, landing twenty five percent of his punches was really, was really uh, like a machine. Like, I mean, he came in. Canelo is really good against the ropes. What do you think about Canelo's style on the ropes? Is he normally doing that, or was that a defensive move? What are your thoughts on that? That's that's standard procedure. I mean, you know, you want to back yourself off and. It's not necessarily uh, weakness. A lot of a lot of boxers can shimmy themselves in and off the ropes and, and into a into a favorable position. So um, 
that that really wasn't wasn't you know affecting my analysis of of, of anything. Uh, I was pretty surprised that that Bevel's one weakness one weakness, as you mentioned, was the fact that Canelo kept getting uh, uppercuts in there, three or four. And uh, against any other fighter, just one of those punches could have laced somebody, you know. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen Canelo take out, uh, you know, Kovalev, you know, Kovalev, absolutely Kovalev the Crusher. He destroyed him. And Kovalev was winning that fight as well. There was that one punch that knocked knocked him out, and Kovalev was gone. Um, you know, Canelo just has that type of power. He's got a good shot to the body. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, he damaged he damaged that dude's arm too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you ever seen Canelo train, you just know that you do not want to be in front of that that sh- especially a body shot or an uppercut. You know. So now, now bring me through your analysis of uh, you know his training. What what do you like about his training that differentiates him from everybody else? Well, I can't. About the intensity. I can't say I can't say that I'm an expert on 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 their training regimens, but it's just. But just watch a YouTube video and watch watch Canelo train, especially you watch him hit in the hit in the bag, and, oh, yeah. and you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the Canelo versus the Canelo versus Triple G fights, they were exciting. Triple G at that point, I mean, he was he was getting there in terms of age, but Triple G has still been known as one of the heaviest punchers of all time, and uh, you know. Canelo won those fights, you know. Oh yeah, and and uh, you know you could say <clears throat> that you could say that one of them could have could have gone either way, but the other one was quite decisive. I mean, what what I liked about the fight is you know the Mexicans were in there. They had, you know, the announcements, the walkthrough. You know, Canelo's a family man. A lot of people, I mean, millions and millions of people watching this bout over here. You know, a lot on the line. The sponsors, you know, did a great job. Uh, awesome lighting and. Trainers and everyone. What I really liked, which you don't see often in boxing, as much as you should, was the respect between the two boxers. There was no, you know, they were very classy boxers. Can you comment on that? Well, at at this high level, you usually do see uh, that type of pro- professionalism, um, especially with. I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but especially with some of the international players, you see a certain level of. Uh, professionalism and respect awesome amongst yeah, them that, yeah that's awesome you know and and you know when you saw the the commentator at the end they were very complimentary each other and you know i was really impressed by canelo saying you know he, to a man you know in spanish with a translator he said listen i got no yeah. excuses he beat me and you know that's what it was and you're, you're talking about a guy with 57 victories never these knocked guys, out these guys aren't fluent in english alex so they speak with their gloves oh yeah you know? Yeah, they had the so translator. No need, yeah. no need for for uh, fancy uh, weigh-ins and press releases and and conflicts and stuff like that and none of none of that at, at this at this level. That's why I'm such a big fan of the. Of, oh yeah, of both I of mean, these fighters. You know, because we have you know you see weigh-ins and stuff like that, and the guys are fighting on the weigh-ins and stuff like that, and yeah. you know this was like. Uh, uh, mad respect for both the guys. I didn't, I didn't check out the weigh-in personally, but I already know. You know, I can't see any. I can't see any 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 drama. I've seen Canelo, you know, have words with with other fighters that run in their mouths at weigh ins, but especially like I right. think Billy Joe Saunders comes to mind. <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders was running his mouth, and Can- Canelo made work of him. And I'm a and I'm oh, a yeah. Billy jo- I'm a Billy Joe Saunders fan. Right. So uh, I got you. And one guy who liked to talk a lot of smack was uh, Muhammad Ali. 
you know, he backed it up, though. Sting like a butterfly, you know, flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, here's a guy who had a mouth. And, you know, sometimes that works to your advantage to intimidate the guy. And other times, you know, the, it gives the guy more incentive to uh, knock you out. You know, we, 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 we uh, hit on different eras. We talk about the Tyson era, uh, Muhammad Ali. How do you see boxing has changed evolution-wise from the 80s, 90s, up into modern day? Well, it's... It's like all sports, this evolution and, you know, people learn from, you know, uh, the styles of fighters in the past. And you talk about Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali and his, his flashiness. And you can kind of see that in some modern day fighters. You take a look at Tyson Fury and the guy's, what, 6'9", and he moves, he moves like, you know, he was six feet tall. Absolutely. He's very, I mean, he's, he's very agile for his height. Absolutely. He's like, he looks like a center out there, like a basketball center, like he should be playing in the NBA. And, and he's, he moves around great. You know, let me, let me ask you something. What did you think about the Tyson Fury match? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? What, what was which your one? Analysis? One versus Dillian White? The most yes, recent the most one? recent one. Yeah. Well, it was pretty... I mean, uh, after watching the, the Fury-Deontay Wilder trilogy... You know, that, that that was so climactic that everything after that was going to kind of be ho-hum. I was hoping he would fight Usyk soon after after Usyk's great victory over Anthony Joshua, which I predicted as well. Right. Um, and how many people are at the stadium? 90,000? 90, uh, 95,000 at Wembley exactly. Stadium. As we and all know, that's broke, in the UK. Broke, broke records. I think there have been some fights in the U.S. and Mexico that have surpassed that uh in history, but in uh, in the UK, that was a record. So, so yeah, I pretty mean, amazing super stuff. Exci- pretty yeah. exciting times and uh, really awesome stuff. I mean... Uh, and Dillian White is no, you know, he's no pushover either. I've seen Dillian White fight Povetkin, and uh, he, he, he basically retired Povetkin, who was already, he was already approaching, I think, 42 years old, so that's no surprise. But Povetkin was still dangerous. I mean, Povetkin, he did, he did knock out Dillian White with an, an amazing uppercut that just knocked, knocked Dillian White unconscious. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's that. But that being said, Dillian White is, was, was still, still a, a great contender, still a gatekeeper. Um, you've got a lot of big, big boys in that division. You've got Joyce. You've got White. You've got Carlos Takam. You've got you've got a bunch of guys. Um, but I was so happy to see uh, Alexander Usyk step up from the cruiserweight division into the heavyweight division and uh, and do his thing. So that was a big surprise. You know, I love I, I love to see that. It's a shame that Usyk went over to uh, Ukraine to fight in in the war. And Lomo, uh, Vasily Lomachenko did as well, too. I'm not sure if they're training or if they're going to fight or what. I haven't actually kept up on it. But I'd like to see these guys get back to boxing soon. Right. And for all, all you ladies out there, you know, we, we love to hear your feedback. I know you're watching with your man or alone or whatever it is. We, we love all the love you've been giving us and stuff like that. So we had two southpaws in here. And any difference, in, in your opinion, two southpaws fighting against each other or... You know, a righty, lefty, righty on righty. You know, you're, you're actually a southpaw yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a boxer. But uh, and it's hard to say. Uh, you've, you've got some boxers that say they have a preference over fighting one or the other. 
Um, some people say that they have more difficulties fighting fighting southpaws. Um, I really don't know. I Different really angles, know. stuff like that. Yeah, you know? it's going to be... It's, they, you know they're gonna know how to approach it. You know beforehand, they've got a lot of a lot of time to prepare for it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so. they study each other, and then you know lefties always smart and stuff like that. Maybe that's why you you got your intelligence as being a lefty. You know, and you know it, it's like a pitcher. They're rare. A, a lefty pitcher has got you know that hook in there. They can play to their forty or fifty, but you know these guys are you know best in the world. You know the training is phenomenal. You know four a.m. in the morning they're jogging. They're just sparring with guys. And uh, super, super exciting, super exciting times to watch all this, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody's excited here, right? We have, uh, you know, we got my man Sweeney. We're going to be doing shows um, in, in football stuff like that, and Lisa's going to be doing some boxing stuff with us. So shout out to her and and the rest of the gang over here. Uh, any final thoughts on 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 the Canelo fight? No. No, I'm just looking forward to to uh, the next fights. What am I looking forward to? I guess I think Cambosos will be fighting Devin Haney, and that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. I know you and I were talking earlier, and everybody was surprised when 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 Cambosos beat Tiafimo Lopez, um, and and I said mm. I wasn't because you know I said I follow international boxing, and I knew, right. I knew yeah. that, I knew that Cambosos was was the best coming out of Australia. Him and Tim, Tim and Tim Tizu, uh, those two guys are you know they're legends in Australia. All right, so yeah. absolutely, and then, you know just to give a soundbite to my uncle, you know uh, he, you know he's he's a guy a local legend, you know to uh, my influence on, on boxing and stuff like that. He had a lot of influence, you know. He's a guy who's been a color commentator in boxing, world famous. One, um, you know, he knows his stuff. Is he Argentinian? Argentinian? Yeah, yeah. He's got his. Oh, he's yeah. got his stuff in. Yeah, is he, he like Gaddy? Gaddy? Well, fan he, or, no, or he's, he's he's um. You know, he's he's world class. I mean, they fly him out to uh, the World Cup. You know, he flies all over the world. I mean, he's he's a brilliant man. You know, he always had like very from from the young age. He was really bright. You know, my other my other uh, my uncle, he would get upset with him because my, uh, you know, um, Green Goat, we called him, great man. God rest his soul. You know, he uh, was upset. He'd study like two hours and then, you know, Juan would be out there studying, you know, 15 minutes and get straight A's. Really bright dude. Um, you know, he's on. He's been doing boxing, commentating for, you know, many, many years, 30, 40 years. Top of the top, cream of the crop. And, you know, world-class um, boxing and soccer analysis, you know, um, in multiple languages. You can catch him now and, and throughout. So just a quick shout out to those guys. And, uh you know, love you all, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. Final thoughts and um, keep watching. You know, there's there's a lot of history in boxing, and you know, you know, our our, uh, our show always has an international flavor. You can find us on all all the platforms, social media, um, Instagram, Apple, you know, Facebook Live. You know, so we do videos and stuff like that. So, you know, we we got a lot of analysis going on here. So, awesome time today. You know, thank you for. Uh, you know, being our, our guest today and uh, looking forward to uh, future work here. Peace. Love you all.